Hello and welcome to Through the Mist with me, your host Aaron. This is a Void and Verse Theory podcast where we look at the law and try to understand how it all works. In this episode, we're going to be looking at Annabeth's Choice. So hey, welcome back everybody. Hope everyone had a good past month. I know I have been busy, busy beavering away. Having fun, everyone's getting ready for the festive period, you know, uh, getting ready for this year to end and all that jazz and all that jazz. Do, 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 do. Still haven't had any correspondence from anybody. Remember, always feel free email through.t.mist at gmail.com or you could DM uh, on the Instagrams at through underscore mist if you want to get in touch and, uh, you know, just talk about one of the theories I've discussed or go, hey, I'm in. Here's an idea I've had. Here's a, here's, a, here's a head cannon theory thing I've thought of. Do you wanna do you wanna check this out? And I go, yeah, I'll do an episode on it. Hey, that's that's always fun. But hey, big news came out recently. Uh, you can tell I record this pretty close to when I released them because uh, recently we got the Disney did all their stupid random. I don't know what it was for investors meeting or something like that. Uh, they showed off everything, everything they're gonna make. Really Disney Plus related as well. And, uh, and we got a look at the intro animation for Percy Jackson. Isn't that cool? It's just, it's the, it's the new uh, books uh, covers in the background. You know, you can put all the books, the American book covers. Uh, that I'm saying the new ones. I know they're just not the originals. And you can put them all together and it produces that one long image. It's that in the background, shaded really dark blue. And then you just get a spinny Percy Jackson thingy in. It looks very nice, I think. And we just, uh, as I said on the meet socials we just need an epic theme song now and let's 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 hope and some people agreed with me on the socials that it's a bit of a like a punk rocky like pop punk like proper proper 2000s-ish punk it would just be great punk rock i don't know you know like you know what i'm on about everyone knows what i mean to say but that leads perfectly on into my random thought segment because i have these random thoughts and i want to talk to inform someone about them so i inform you guys because why not it's what i ask you but usually about in the community questions because these are just a bit more fun and a bit bit random i'm swallowing a lot today so there's gonna be a lot of fun editing for me to do later i had fun with the edit last time didn't i Jeez, i went a bit mad i think i was editing that very late at night i just got a bit mad adding in explosions the rewind effect that i came up with the idea of while recording you know just a lot of fun anyway where was i oh yeah the random thoughts so before we got the intro announcement i've been thinking about the series and not really how it looks or what's going to happen but the random thing like what if they did at the end of every series was you american say season so at the end of book one book two book three book four book five what what sort of post credit scene could they do for that thing and I, I was like I had come up with some quite good ones for summer so I was I thought I'll share my ideas and uh why don't you get in touch with yours and maybe we'll talk about it next week if anyone does because no one ever does so hey <laughs> this is going to be a running theme whenever I first when I, the first correspondent going to happen it's going to be a very big deal on this podcast so post credit scene ideas TLT or the lightning thief at the end of that, so we all know what happens. But it's always got the post credit scenes needs to set up the next series, set up the next book. So I thought, oh, damn it is. Do you guys ever get it where 
your ears will just start and you'll just start to hear a really high-pitched squeal. I don't know whether it's healthy or not, and it seems to be happening more regularly these days. But it's not constant. It just will suddenly appear. I'll go like, and then it will disappear again. I don't know whether. Um, JLT, Lightning Thief, because they've always got, to, always got to set up next episode, next series, season. Too many words for the same thing. I'm going to stick with British English because otherwise I'm going to just keep saying the same thing twice. So the setup. So the setup. What's the setup for Som? What is the setup for Som? Huh? I went. This was this was a tricky one. I thought about this long and hard because my first idea was maybe show Luke getting on the Princess Andromeda, but I went. Nah, that's too. That's too like literally. That's like a part of the story. It will be given away that. And I thought a good one would be. Tyson enrolling at Percy's new school. I think this is the better one. Uh, Tyson can enroll in Percy's new school. And I think it's better because you can hide his face. You can do the whole, you only ever see up to his neck thing in the within your filming and framing of the scene. And so you don't, you it doesn't give away the fact that he's a Cyclops. But you're like, oh, this character is clearly important. So that'd be, I just think that'd be a fun it's the funnest one because I think this is the hardest one to uh, post credit, and I think that's the funnest way to do it. Onto the Soms post credit scene, the end of the series, we get obviously very simple. You know, the biggest thing that happens at the end of this is so right at the end, you get Thalia comes out the pine tree, ends the series. You get all the credits, uh, it's like oh, blah, 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 blah. then you get all the the dub credits over because it always happens at Disney Plus. There's the ah, there's the uh, British credits and there's the dub credits and then after the dub credits like so you go really far back you have a scene I'm not sure how it would work whether it would just be where oh that'd be it's basically it's getting either Hades giving the order to get Nico and Bianca out of the Lotus Hotel and Casino or you see like Mrs Dodds in lawyer form go into the hotel and casino but you're like you can like you know it's Mrs Dodds in lawyer form something like something along those lines uh, because obviously that is the biggest cliffhanger, isn't it? That's like the, that's the, mm, that's the intrigue part, that one. Titan's curse now, the TTC. What happens after that? So the big mystery in that book is where is Clarice? Like that's the mystery in the book is where is Clarice? You find out on Battle of the Labyrinth, a bottle. We're going to be calling that bottle a lot in this episode. Um, that she's, she was doing uh, reconnaissance for the labyrinth. So what you could have is, I think, the good post-credit scene for this one. So it might happen, you could say this happens prequel before the series actually happens. Like, it's a prequel post-credit scene, but it's a great credit scene to, like, set up the idea of the labyrinth and and also introduce everyone's favourite um, traitor. He's a traitor to both sides. <laughs> um, yeah, so you would see Clarice at her house in Arizona? I want to say Arizona. Don't. I, it's now. That's a memory. I always picture as a desert, which I think Arizona is. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, you see Clarice there, and she happens upon Chris, uh, who's in his uh, deranged stage, who's just come out of the labyrinth, and he's mumbling like the labyrinth monsters, uh, the labyrinth son of Poseidon, uh, and you just kind of get Chris, Chris, and then you cut. Obviously, that's like. Very exciting one, I think. Then Bottle. That was another hard one to come up with an idea for because the big thing is Kronos. You could have Kronos saying something about getting ready to, you know, attack 
Manhattan, but that's a year off, so it didn't quite make sense. So I think the best one, and it's because it's just completely out of left wing, really, and it doesn't, it, it's, a, it's a plot point to the story more than, like, it's a, it's a, it's, it, it, it basically. <laughs> just went to sleep which is where i both record and have the audio on and notes on so i don't know when you died well i do know when you died but i don't know how i'm going to edit it so well i was bottle and trying to describe things but hadn't actually said what it was yet so typhon starts his escape from mount saint helens because it's a big thing that typhon's asleep under there i i think it's one of the better ones because it gives that like <gasps> There's going to be a new bad guy, a new monster. I think that's, uh, there's some noises, aren't they? I think that's going to be the clench there. I think that's going to be the big, like, that's the, that's a nice hook. It's a simple hook that doesn't affect too much storyline wise or like make it seems it weird. Like we're going to get Manhattan and then it doesn't happen for a year. You know, that sort of thing. And then right then, right at the end. So Tolo, the last Olympian. I, I, Tolo, Tolo. Is that what TLOs is now? Tolo. Tolo. The Last Olympian. That one is like, do they do that? Do they do a post-credit scene for that or not? It's the, if, because, because they're doing live action, which I, this, this is one of the reasons I personally, personally, I would have gone with animated for two reasons. One of them is the fact that you don't have to worry about actors' ages with animated characters. Therefore, you can, uh, you know, do the Heroes of Olympus series and the Toa series right afterwards without having to worry about actors aging out of the roles, considering Son of Neptune to, uh, oh, what's the last one in that called? Blood of Olympus. <laughs> Son of Neptune to Blood of Olympus happens within the course of a summer. And the other reason is you can have children gods stay children gods because they don't grow up. Enter Artemis and here. Hestia. There we go. Anyway, Tolo post-credit scene. So if they do one, the best one really, and it timeline-wise and it kind of lines up and stuff, the best one would be Hades introduces Nico to Camp Jupiter. Like from the edge of the hill, like, uh, and you kind of just see purple banners. You're not really sure, quite sure what he's looking at. So they don't explicitly say this is Camp Jupiter. It's more like the go down there, make friends, don't tell them you're Greek. That and that, that and then it cuts off, and you can kind of see purple. I think that is best post-credit scenes that they could do. Man, that was rambly and random, and that's like half this episode now. Right then, music, and we'll get into the reason we're all here, which is Annabeth's choice. Annabeth's choice. When I say that, what do I mean? So, as I said earlier, we're going to say bottle a lot because bottle is battle of labyrinth, and it's that's a long title to say. So it's bottle. So in bottle, we get the scene with Janice, Janus, Janice, um, Janice. We get the scene with Janice and the two doors, and we get these couple of quotes from uh, from that book. So you get Janice saying. That was that's a terrible reading, but that's that quote. And we get this little second quote 
just a bit afterwards uh, from Hera. Sometimes saying these out loud for the first time, I'm like, so the quote is, you know very well your visit is premature. The girl's time has not yet come. You won't have heard how many times I had to say that, but that was a lot of takes to say that because, so yeah, you get these two quotes, uh, which kind of set up this whole idea. And ever since I've read the books and everything, I've had this annoying inkling at the back of my mind is what the heck is her decision? Well, like what, what is the defining decision? that they are on about what is what is the defining decision because she makes absolute tons and they all affect the great prophecy but what is the defining one what is the one that defines her oh i've just come up with another one that's not in my notes i'll add it in so that one might be a little incoherent what can we get so let's let's start to do this methodically and work out using those two quotes as our basis what we can gather from these information so what we know she is currently in the process of deciding the decision has already presented itself to her it is just that she does not yet need to make that decision the decision doesn't need to be made yet she will come to the decision later but it has been presented to her the options are now on the table she just doesn't have to choose between them and the wrong choice one of the two options you could say right or wrong one of the two options will probably end in her death so then the couple of other clues we need to get from this is that uh, it is a two choice decision and these can come from context clues from both Bottle itself and and in House of Hades when Hazel meets Hecate for the first time. So in Bottle we get Percy's narration when describing Janus and it has this bit which is behind him were two exits blocked by wooden doors with huge iron blocks. So two doors, two heads, two decisions. One, two, op- two options. options. And we get this other bit from Hecate. Janice in his doorways, he would have you believe that all the choices are black and white, yes or no, in and out, all examples of extremes of option one or option two. There were no other options. We get Hexer, a crossroads. So so we now we have some of these context clues and we've gathered some bits of information in. What are the decision? What is what is the outlining keys that we're looking for in this defining decision that apparently is the yeah, partly gonna end the world? Um so we know, one, the choice must have already presented itself, so she must have already been thinking about this. Two, she hasn't come yet to come to consensus on which option to do. She might be leaning towards one, but the other one's still pulling at her. Three, it has to be some form of yes or no choice, because otherwise it wouldn't be a Janus option. And four, one of the options would probably end up in her death. This is kind of where we are with all this. Well then. Uh, maybe a bit of music because I feel like music is nice and it's fun. It just separates my thoughts a bit. I came up with writing these in my notes. Two options. I think there's maybe a third, but maybe one of them links to one of the ones I've written here. So the one of the two I've written that I'm like, ah, it's not that, it doesn't quite work, is, is is she in love with Percy? Like, was that an option? And it's it's a yes or no decision, and you are you either in love with him, you're not, and in this case we're talking about romantic love, not as in, like, he's my best friend, I would do anything for him, because I think they're already at that stage. Yeah, so, it, like, the option doesn't concise itself until after the Battle of Manhattan, and she's definitely already questioning herself because she decides to kiss him, just before the main Mount St. Helens explosion. However, 
deciding that she doesn't love Percy probably won't get herself killed. But this is where Owen's new one that he just thought of comes in. Is is it is the choice Percy or Luke? Because now that's a biggie. Because if she chooses Luke, it could probably kill her. Because but but at the same time, it probably won't. And per, choosing Percy, we know, doesn't kill her because we know what the outcome of that one is. But if she went, no, I'm going to choose Luke, and it all depends on when she chose Luke, I guess, when she made the consensus in her mind to choose Luke. That it doesn't, I, I don't quite like that one either. It's also a bit weird, isn't it? But she can choose Luke. Luke just shouldn't choose her. Anyhow. So the other one I have on my notes, which I think is a much, which I think is, it's a bit uh, grey, a bit weaver probby. doesn't quite line up perfectly. You get the, I, and I, but I think it's the more co- concise option because it is choosing, not choosing one of the two options would have probably got not just her killed, but everyone she loved and you killed as well. And that is, shall she give up on Luke? Is Luke a lost cause? It's a yes or no question. Do I give up on him or not? And, you know, she starts questioning decision, at least between Bottle and the Titan's Curse. It's Titan Curse first, because I wrote those in a weird way. Yeah, between the Titan Curse and Bottle, because we get the, the thing in Last Olympian, where she tells Percy this. No, I want to tell you, it's been bothering me for a long time. Last year, Luke came to see me in San Francisco. And that was happened after, that has to happen before he turned to Cronus, which happens in Bottle. But it happens after she gets captured in Titan's Curse. So, so you get that. So it, it's it's currently she has the option presented to her, and now the options like after the, after Battle Eleven the option kind of goes tenfold of should she give up on him is is he a lost cause and and you know that she gets Percy throws no not Percy when Rachel throws a hairbrush and hits him in the eye he goes ow and it's suddenly Luke again for like a half a second before it becomes Cronus again and that's like it's like <gasps> that. That means that when he comes Cronus, the question isn't gone fully. Let's be honest, the death thing still works, because if she didn't believe that Luke was redeemable until the very end, until the very end, then the final then the final encounter is likely that she would have died. Uh, along those lines, I mean that, so she like gives up on Luke after Selina's death, but then her inquisitor wisdomish mind and the way that she thinks of problems and stuff. After completely giving up on him, she goes, hang on a second. And she does some backwards thinking, go, I have believed in him for so long. Also, suddenly certain aspects of blades and promises and she's figuring out the prophecy, kind of clicking with her. And she goes, no, he still may be able to be redeemed because if Annabeth didn't believe in Luke, let's be honest, Percy made the choice, but only only made the right one because Annabeth effectively told him to. Like Percy is Percy would Percy would be lost without her. She would have he would have definitely made the completely the wrong choice if she wasn't in the room talking to him and already trying to persuade Luke. It's, yeah. So like she would have died. If Cronus came into being, he would have just evaporated them all with his presence. You know? So I think so that's that is my preferred ugh, muddy trousers. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
So, oh God, I go such randomly, randomly rants on these, don't I? I hope, hope you do. I don't mind too much, but I don't know because no one ever talked to me. Yeah, so that's kind of that one. And I think this is the better one. I think it's kind of more what Rick was trying to allude to all along. But I don't think it's I don't think it's very explicit, um, which why until I sat down to do this, I never properly came up with an answer. I did look online, obviously, to see uh, what other people were saying. And they were saying similar things like it was like, the, don't give up on Luke. But it's a very I like it's a I think the problem with the should she give up on Luke is the like decision as the decision is just it's a very like it's not a nice one because we know <laughs> I think it's it's kind of it's that idea that core concept of is Luke redeemable which she ends up believing yes which ends up making Percy hand him the knife that core concept of is he redeemable is more important is is kind of like that core concept is the decision how you word that exact like the question that's a bit iffy and I think that's why it's not very concise in the books because I don't I don't think it's a very easy question to easily define but is except saying is Luke redeemable yes or no your reasoning for yes or no can make very very differently uh but by the end of it Annabeth believes yes and that's all that matters why she believes yes that's that's a lot of baggage that if you really want to have someone talk about how emotionally and stuff like that thing go to one of the other podcasts seaweed brain i know they've they've kind of got that far with the books and they do talk about that stuff so you know go to one of the other ones the big five as i said in a post recently on the instagrams um, go check out one of them. I'm sure they will have more to say than I do because I'm just kind of, I'm a law guy. Yeah, I just, I, I want, I want more history about the world, please. Give me world history. And this is just, this was one of the things that was bugging me the whole time for a long time. So I tried, I wanted to get it and try and work it out. And here's a great idea to do it. Right then, that was a lot of rambling at the end. I'm going to do a quick wrap up again. Whoop, and then we will probably end this episode with the, with all the rambles. So, rambly, rambly, rambly. Owen's being rambly today. Right then, quick wrap up on the main idea theory behind all this, which is Annabeth's choice. So, Annabeth's choice was most likely, as I said, is if she should believe Luke is. uh, That was terribly worded in the notes. Annabeth's choice, what I think. And you can disagree or agree. Let me know, as always, was, is Luke redeemable? That was the choice. And it was probably, (laughs) I also believe this as well, that it was probably a more important choice than Percy's. He was the saviour of Olympus. Nah, Annabeth saved Olympus. He was just the one that was still mobile at the time. Because she influences his choice extremely heavily. And he's basically the only reason Percy could reach 16 against all odds, you know? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, I think that that is probably her decision, a yes or no decision. We first find out about in bottle. Yeah, that's that's a very short ending. Um, I'm going to do the proper wrap up in a sec with my music underneath. But I just want to say, hope you're all having a fun time. Have Have a merry, jolly Christmas or whatever you want to celebrate. 
and a happy new year. Next episode will be in Jan's, as per usual, monthly things, and it will probably be on something that I started to question in the last episode. So, you know, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll do the proper wrap up now. for indulging this theory. If you have any other comments or theories of your own that you want me to discuss, you can email them through to through.t.mist at gmail.com or you can follow the Instagrams at through underscore mist. Make sure you follow the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, do whatever you have to do to get this podcast known on whatever platform you're listening to it on. I've been Owen. Come back next time as we try to see through the mist.